0: Welcome to the Old Bridge Baptist Church podcast. We hope you find the following sermon to be edifying for your walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at obb.church for more info. Now here's the sermon. Good morning. Good morning Good morning. So uh, in my studies today, and to get ready for this week, I found out something new that I haven't known before. Does anybody realize that um, Joshua was an orphan? Did anybody know that? Yep. You know why I know that? What does it say? It says that he was the son of none. Okay. There you go. There's your your pastoral joke for the... uh, for the day if you have your bibles please open with me to joshua one thank you for your your reading of the uh of the two passages so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read it again because it was read uh so well and i think that uh that you remember that but you can have your bibles open there to joshua one one through nine let me pray father With our Bibles opened, we ask that you would speak to us, that your spirit would speak to us and challenge our hearts and our minds as we desire to love you and serve you and be more like you. And uh, there's so many things that go on in our minds and hearts, though, each day, each moment each second uh, that we need to cast our cares upon you and ask you to renew our minds so we ask now that you would renew our minds through this passage that uh, you would take these words from from myself but that they wouldn't be from me that they would be from you and you from your word i thank you for this church this congregation the the sweet spirit the the music, the singing, the prayer, the care for one another. I pray you'd bless them in their pastoral search as they um, continue their mission and their priorities and as they support missionaries. I thank you for them. We we know that um, as was stated, unless you build the house, we labor in vain who build it. So I pray that you would continue to build this church for your glory, that you would strengthen each member, as they care for one another, and as they love you, and as they reach into their community, In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. So, as um, was mentioned, I uh, pastored for seventeen years, um, but early on, it was within I would say the first year or two of my uh, pastoral min- ministry, I want to mention something that occurred to me or something that happened to me. Um, so I was a youth pastor and uh, desired to have a, uh, you know, to reach kids and to have a big numbers coming out to Uh, the youth ministry, because every pastor likes when there's a lot of people, right? That's one of the things that... So as a youth pastor, I wanted to see a lot of kids. And there were about 50 kids that started coming out, which was quite a bit with this church of, you know, a few hundred uh, people. And then a few things happened, and it was down to like 10 kids. And then I found myself... um, Basically having, maybe you could call it a nervous breakdown, a uh, depression, uh, laying down on my face before the Lord, uh, begging him to help me. And um, so what was going on? So I had become stuck in what I'll call the success syndrome syndrome or what you could call uh, performance-based living where my identity was not just as a child of God, but my identity was wrapped up in my success. And uh, one thing that you need to understand in this story is I was brought up in a good Christian home. I uh, went to a Christian college. I went to seminary. I received my Master's of Divinity degree. I was in small groups. I was in men 's Bible studies. I was now a pastor for a year or two. Um, so I had the training in the church. I was a part of a church since I, you know since I could crawl or wherever you know whatever it may be, um, but I was missing something. And I think that uh, what we're going to see in this passage is something that Joshua uh, had, that's something that God was teaching Joshua that I didn't have, but that I started to learn from really from that moment on. And uh, so that is my prayer as we look at this passage today. Like, what, were the truth, what are the truths in this passage and, and how would they relate to that situation that I'm talking about? Because I think probably in all of us, we at least have a little bit of a percentage of that, right? We like to look good. We like when people like us. We like when we're successful. We like when we're praised for performance. Um, I think we all have that. And maybe you could call it the fear of man. Uh, that we're man-pleasers; that we like to be praised. Uh, maybe we could blame it on the flesh that we still have, right? Because we have that part of uh, of us still, even when we come to know the Lord. Um, so I want to look at some. Uh, basically, what we're going to look at five words. So a little bit different message for me this morning, dear. Just going to give you five different words that. Uh, that I'm going to look at. But just to set up the context of what is happening, you probably know. But uh, so God's people are in Egypt, right? They're in bondage. And then they they are released, right? Moses leads them out. They cross the Red Sea. They do their... uh, They get to the promised land. What do they do? They don't believe God. So then God disciplines them. And they then... uh, wander for 40 more years and now they are about to go into the land again and we know who dies so Moses dies and now Joshua is the one who is going to lead them so it's as if God brings Joshua into his tent and closes up the the tent and says to Joshua these words because it says that Moses spoke to Joshua And what does he say? But he says what's in these nine verses here. Basically, it's like, Joshua, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust my promises. I want you to trust my presence. I want you to trust my my power. Um, And then you're going to succeed as as you move and do this. So that's kind of the context that we have here. Uh, Moses dies. Joshua's next man up. million of people that he's going to lead into the promised land and now there's five words that I want to look at um, in regards to, to this passage here the first word is expectations if you're taking notes you can write down that word expectations do you think that Joshua felt any expectations his whole life He had been following Moses, he was an assistant to Moses and now it was his turn to lead the people across the Jordan into the promised land. What were people expecting of him? How would he do? What were, what what kind of expectations did he have for himself besides people's expectations? How do you think he felt in the expectations that he put? on himself. It would have been very easy for Joshua to f- fall into the performance trap. It would have been very easy for Joshua to fear man and not to fear God. It would have been very easy for Joshua to get into the um, the success syndrome. If I don't succeed here. Then I am a failure. So, how did he operate? How did he operate in freedom? Because we need to see how he operated. Because then we need to operate that way. Right? And we will need to get out of that hole when there's so high expectations on us. How are we going to do? And are we going to fear man? And are we going to get caught into this trap? Or are we going to trust God? with what we are to do. So I just put the first word there as expectations because I think we all need to we need to deal with that. There's nothing wrong with having some expectations for somebody. But what's wrong is if that if that person takes those on and then fears the result to a degree that they will collapse if they're not if they don't or they're not reached. And we all face that relationships, work, family, whatever it might be within the church, we all face that. I was through the church, I was pastoring, and I felt that, so what are we doing? And we need to be very careful, as we're gonna see in these, in this passage here, that we undergird all of our work and all of our ministry with the foundation that we are loved by God, that we serve God, that it's his power working in us, that we do this to please the Lord and not man. So whether we're looked at with cross-eyed, or we're yelled at a little bit, or we don't meet a certain measure, we don't need to collapse because our expectations are not all these people putting it on us, but what does God want us to do, right? And how are we going to succeed and how are we going to move forward in that? So our expectations really should be from the Lord and not from people. Right. What expectations does the Lord have for us and not to what people have for us? Again, we have bosses. They have some expectations for us. Yes, but not to the degree that our security and our ability and that we're going to have a nervous breakdown if we don't succeed because a person wants us to. Okay. second word is promises. Promises. One of the ways that I believe that God encouraged Joshua and that God encourages us is that he lets us know his promises. He let Joshua know. Listen, Joshua, this is not about you, but this is about me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you my promises. All you really need to do is follow me. So what are some of the promises uh, that he gave? I will be with you. I will give you the land. Nobody going to touch you. I will give you success. I am the one who has called you to this. Yes, we're going to see that Joshua had to be strong and courageous. One of the things that we're going to look later is the the, uh, the idea of obedience. Joshua, yes, had to do things. But he ultimately had to trust in the Lord and his promises and know that this was a work of what God was doing. So Joshua trusted in God's promises. God gave him those promises. What promises does God give us that we can then, in now our time, that we can live like Joshua and that we can be strong and courageous? What are the promises that God gives us that we should be rolling through our head? They're all throughout the scriptures. When we came to Christ, we became a child of God. We don't need to perform to be God's child. We're a child of God. He accepts us and loves us. He will never leave us. His power is in us. We can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Nothing will separate us from his love. He is the one who has gifted us. God says to look not on the outward appearance, but on the inward appearance. So we must live and we must work and we must serve and renew our minds based on God's promises to us. He is our motivation. So I have five children, which I am blessed with. The last time I was here, um, we were we had a wedding coming up, and we had a move coming up, and we had college graduations and high school graduations. So we are thankful that we're on the other side of that. But now we have a busy ministry season. Um, but I have uh, five kids, and I'm, and I'm blessed. Uh, but there was, there was a... Uh, I remember one of my daughters, I was planting some stuff, and she was working in the garden with me. And we started just playing game. It was called the I Love Ketty game. Her name is Ketty, K-E-T-T-Y. The I Love Ketty game because uh, she's my daughter. I love Ketty because she was given to me and mommy. I love Ketty because, oh, she's so uh, cute with her brothers and sisters, right? And I just kept going as we worked. And I I said, this is called the I Love Ketty game, right? And we just keep going. Um, so then I stopped after a little while. I noticed that I kept getting her working. So I would keep doing the I love Keddie game. And then as a little time went on and I stopped, she was like, Hey dad, can, can we play the I love ketty game again? Right? So what's going on in that little child brain is the same thing that goes on. I want to hear from the God of the universe about how much he loves me and all these things that are good about me, right? Now, I'm obviously not the God of the universe. I'm her dad. But I'm looking down upon her and I'm motivating her with the truth because I absolutely adore her. And what does that adoring do? That is motivating her to to be free and to serve and to love me. And so how are we with that? We need to renew our minds with the promises that God gives us about how much he loves us, and then that motivates our service, not the opposite, which is really easy for us to do, is praising when there 's the service and everything goes well. What we need to do is praise when things don 't go well god 's amazing grace to love when there 's brokenness and there 's sin right that 's what amazing that 's what grace is right undeserved merit that we receive from the God. Of the universe, So Joshua knew this. He was able to take those high expectations, which we all face, and he was able to undergird them in that this is all about God and God's promises and that I am to follow him. Now, one of those promises is that he is with us and not making that. I'm going to make that a whole separate point. So the third word is presence. Presence. God told Joshua that he would be with him two times in this passage, right? He says that. It's a theme that we see throughout the scriptures that he promises to be with us. Moses says, I'm not going unless you go with me. Abraham was promised that God would be with him. The disciples, as you read in that New Testament passage, were promised that God would be with him. 300 times in the scriptures, we see That God says, I will be with you. It's mentioned in the book of Genesis, I will be with you. And it's mentioned in the book of Revelation, that I will be with you. Why? Because God knows that we don't like to be alone. So much of it, fear not, for I am with you. It's all over the place. God knows that we do not like to be doing things on our own. So not only does he say that he is with us so that we're comforted by his presence, but he says that he is with us so that we know his enabling power inside of us. Right. Because as we know from John 15, five, what we can do nothing apart from him. So we have these high expectations. We have these promises of God that undergird us. We know that he is with us, but it's not just that he is with us, but he's actually Inside of us, we have a member of the Trinity dwelling inside of us. We have the same power inside of us that raised Jesus from the dead. We have that power is never going to leave us, never going to separate himself from us. And that should motivate us to serve him. That should motivate us to serve him. Even when somebody looks at us cross-eyed, that should motivate us to serve him when it is hard, when it is good, right? We have the power of God inside of us. Jesus faced hard times. The people of God, one of these songs that we just sang up here was an excellent song that sometimes it's going to be hard, but we know that God's power enables us to do it. So what are we to do? Going back to the child illustration, and we have all seen this, and we all know this when when you have a child. What does the child want to do when it's like the first day of school or it's the first day of camp? Or they're going into a situation that they're scared of. What does the child say? Will you go with me? Right? They put their hand out. They want to hold. Right? They want to hold our hand. Right? That's the same really with us. Is that we, un- we need to understand that we are allowed to hold the hand of God in whatever situation we go into. Right? May we never get too old and too strong and too independent that we are not holding the hand of God. Cause that's really what John chapter 15 is all about, all about is that we abide and that we stay connected and apart from him, that we can do nothing. And we hold his hand because he is the one that bears the fruit out of us. Okay. So we have the word expectations. We have the, uh, the word promises. We have the word presence. The fourth, the fourth word that I want to share is obedience. Okay a very common word that we uh, that we hear throughout the scriptures i don't want you to hear that um, understanding god's promises, understanding god's presence understanding god's grace alleviates us from obeying right sometimes. We have to hold these two in tension, okay? So we say, apart from him, we can do nothing. It's all about him. It's all about his great. Absolutely, yes. But we have to do something with all of the commands throughout the scriptures that say, obey, be holy, cling to me. Listen, look what it says to Joshua, okay? Joshua, you trust my promises, but this is what I want you to do. I want you to arise and go, okay? So he has to do something. By himself? No. In faith. Joshua, don't be afraid. There's a command. Don't be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Those are active words. Right? You don't just sit and trust the promises of God and sit down and do nothing. But you walk in faith and that you and you walk courageously. Be careful to obey, he says. Keep your word, keep the word, the word of God on your lips. Meditate on the word of God. Day and night meditate on the word of God. So you don't go to the left or to you, you don't go to the right. So Joshua, you need to be diligent and you need to obey. But you, under, you need to understand that this is undergirded with who I am. So that's why we have the old song, trust and obey. Right? It's a combination of the two. So... Um, May we be in balance as a church, as a Christian community. May we be in balance when we say the words grace living. And then may we be in balance when we say holy living. Both of them are very important for us to pursue. But you, you need both. Right? You should pursue holiness and understanding that it's under, undergirded by grace. That you're never going to be completely holy. That you need God's power to do it. But I want you to pursue that. And that is what Joshua was doing here. Joshua understood these are great expectations. Joshua understood that, these, that God is with me and that these promises are true. But he also understood that he needed to be strong and courageous. And he needed to go for it. To use an athletic term, he needed to leave it all on the field. He needed to practice. He needed to be disciplined. He needed to go play. And he needed to leave it all on the field for God's glory. The fifth word that I want to look at here, we'll wrap it up with this word is success. Okay, so we have high expectations, we have God's promises, we have God's presence, we have obedience, and the last word here is success. Verse 8 says, Book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will achieve success. So what is success? What is success in God's eyes? What is success versus what is success in the world's eyes? What do we consider success for ourselves in our service to the Lord? What was success for Joshua? This is what was success for Joshua. Joshua goes into the tent and the Lord speaks to Joshua. And he says to Joshua, Moses is dead. You're going to lead the people. I'm going to tell you my promises are good. You trust me. I am going to be with you. I want you to stick to the word. I want you to renew your mind in the word. And I want you to walk with me. And then you're going to have success. So how do we take that? What is success for us? Success for us is to know our identity. I did not know my identity and I was pastoring a church. What do you mean by that? I didn't know that I was a child of God who was loved and accepted and did not have to perform to be liked. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to perform so people thought I was good. I wanted to have numbers so that I could say I was a pastor with numbers in the in the youth group. Right? That's not success. Success is, success could be that your numbers decrease. Success could be maybe you had 12 disciples and you lost one. Does that sound familiar? Or was that successful or failure? That was success. Right? Churches, we're going to have things. We're going to have, we might not boom the numbers out. What is success? Success is Trusting God with who you are in Christ. Trusting God that you're going to go out and you're going to be obedient. You're going to be strong and courageous. You're going to be diligent. You're going to serve. You're going to work. But not to perform for acceptance. but But because you love God and that you love one another. That was the change that occurred for me. When that all hit. Now, did it all happen at once? Am I completely cured of my man-pleasing? No. Because I still have my flesh. Right? To the point of the reason that I did this message was because last week it hit again really hard. Where I was doing something and I had somebody challenge me to the point of saying, we will see if you are successful or not based on what you want to do. I'll see. That was what was right in my eyes. I'll see. So all of a sudden, everything inside of me was just like, oh, I didn't like that. Like That was okay. That was wrong for that person to do that. But what it did was it brought all those old feelings up of I want this person to be happy with me. I want to succeed so that I can show this person. All of these things, right? And I think what it was, was it was a reminder once for again for me to know who my heavenly father is, that he loves me, that I have his spirit inside of me, and that what I do, I do for him and not for a person. Now, I don't mind when people are going to be pleased. <laughs> I don't mind that. But that can't be my motivation. Right. Because there's going to be times when they're not pleased with you and you are exactly in the will of God. Yes. Right. right. So as a church, as members of the church, as um, and I speak from my, my aunt, let's go and serve the Lord because we know that he is with us and that we are doing this for him. May we not just be passive in the, in the grace. What would Joshua do? Joshua was like, man, I got the promises of God. And I'm good. What did he do? What did God want him to do? Live strong and courageous and go. You only have so many years, Joshua. And I want you to be used for me. Go for it. May that be our motivation and our grounding. As we go and as we serve the Lord together. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your presence with us thank you for the truth of your word thank you for this story that is true thank you that we are your children and that we are loved and that we are accepted and that we have a power inside of us that is absolutely amazing yet at the same time we need to as Colossians says we need to labor and agonize according to the mighty power that works within us so we need to obey We need to be diligent. We need to serve. We need to be strong, all in your strength and for your expectations, not for people's expectations, that we wouldn't fear people, that we would fear you in a good way because you love us and that we want to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old Bridge Baptist Church. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on the platform that you're currently listening on, We appreciate your support, and we hope you have a God-blessed day.